So, hello good humans, and welcome back to another episode of Hello Good Humans. Today's guest, oh man, is somebody that I am very comfortable with, which means that this episode may be completely wonderful or completely awful. Um, today we have Benjamin Troy Gibson, born April 21st, 1999. Nice. Residing at, I will not say your address on live television. It's probably good. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I can't take this seriously. Well, I know, which is why I wasn't the first guest on the podcast. I know. Um, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Ben. I grew up in Byron, Minnesota, which is just, you know, nine miles west of Rochester. No one knows that. You said you know. No one knows that. No, I know. That's why I had to describe where it was. Okay. Um, went to the terrible university. That's why I met the the wonderful. Why are you laughing? Well, I just I thought you were going to talk about me. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I was going to say I met the the wonderful Doctor Wilson. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Um, no. Shout out Doctor Wilson. Shout out Doctor Wilson. Um, wherever you are. Um, yeah. So I met Zoe there. I have an undergrad in biology, master's in business. Currently, I'm a financial planner here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, doing financial stuff for non-financial people. It's a good way to describe it, I guess. Um, yeah, I have two younger brothers and two parents that both live in Byron still. And yeah, I live in Onalaska and two two cat sons. And Oh, we'll get to them. Yeah. Do you think that La Crosse Financial Planning would ever sponsor the podcast? Oh, we already have. You have sponsored the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just, wow, sponsorships are just flying at me so quickly, I can't even keep up. Yeah, I don't know how you missed it, but <laughs> well, yeah, we've, we've, yeah, yeah we've sponsored it in non-financial ways, but awesome in that good spirit. And you're in obviously providing me with guests, with listens, with streams. Hopefully. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. In your um, account... How did we meet? How did we meet? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say we met by an act of God. <laughs> okay, okay, I agree. But you said earlier, you said I met Zoe at Viterbo, which is untrue. Sort of. I met Zoe on a bus. Where are we going? To McAllen, Texas. Sorry, I knew we were going to Texas. It just took me a second to get where. And I was like, do, where do, in Texas do you not we remember going. what we were doing? No, I do remember. We were on a mission trip down to McAllen, Texas to learn more about immigration and what proved to be one of the probably most influential trips on either of our lives. Mm-hmm. Also influential because COVID struck literally right in the middle of it. Yes. And I remember we, you know, were 40 humans packed into a bus. Um, yeah. We were not allowed on our way back. Well, we should tell like the whole story. Basically, we were in McAllen, Texas, which if you're not looking at a map, is the southernmost tip of Texas. Mm -hmm. It was like March 11th, Mm 12th-ish. And our professors that were leading the trip called and said, or they got a call that said, you you have to come home right now. We're shutting down the university. And because we we were still in the U.S., but we were not surrounded with like news media and we weren't really on our phones, we did not know the extreme to which the pandemic was hitting. Mm-hmm. And so 
we, we literally got all 40 of us on a bus. We were going to stop maybe on our way back, but our professors were like, no, straight through. We will not stop. We will not get off the bus. Mm-hmm. We we're going to stop at a Walmart and try to get hand sanitizer. Yeah. They said, you cannot sleep on the floor of the bus. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And But it was scary because none of us really knew. And then yeah. our parents were texting us like, uh, are you guys okay? Right. Because everyone's being sent home from school and you guys are in Texas. Right. And then we got back from the trip and I think we were pretty certain that we were going to date. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, no, we were, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But we were then thrown into quarantine for like, well, months, but we were not in the same town. Yeah. So, you know, we really started our relationship over FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Which was, I think was good. It was good. Yeah. Was good. I think it gave us a, a chance to learn a lot about each other. And also, I think we both missed our families. So it was a good chance to spend time with them. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just like laughing at, you know, COVID kind of feels like a fever dream now mm-hmm. in a way of like, but just like I'm remembering, you know, when all five of us were home under the same roof, five being my family and I, for like the first time in, you know, five or six years since I left for college or whatever. But I, I remember like we would, you know, get our groceries home and my, my family and I would wash our groceries. Like we would wash the, you know what I mean? Like all these, all so this people ridiculous. People would run errands, come home, change clothes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or like get a uh, spray hand sanitizer and like spray everything down. Right. Then there was the toilet paper. Yep. Situation. That was a whole thing. Well, I just remember too, like you would, you know, if you were, if you were even in the same room as someone that had it, like the exposure thing, you know, you had to quarantine yourself for, for two weeks. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like, now it's like, you know, somebody coughs. Now we all make the joke like, oh, it's it's COVID. You know, so it's like, <laughs> it's just it's just kind of wild how far it sort of feels like it wasn't real, but obviously was real um, mm-hmm. and impacted millions of people and was a horrible, horrible disease. But um, yeah, it just is, is because it really was just like a complete lifestyle change. And I think that was evident when we were down in Texas is like one minute we were, you know, all together. We were hanging out, playing games, eating dinner at the you know same table. And then literally like overnight, we, you know, couldn't get out, get water out of drinking fountains anymore. And we couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. use reusable utensils, right? Like all these different things Like we could no longer, like we were trying to spread out on the bus. Right. And so it's like, it was just complete change. We weren't trying to spread out on the bus, but mm. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Don't worry. Um, oh, you can leave that in. It's yeah. We, 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 by no means were, we were not keeping six feet between us. Um, okay, so I have a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. What was your first impression of me? Ooh. And and I just want to tell my listeners, Ben is maybe a little nervous because of all of the female listeners that I have. And I told him he can be honest. You can be honest. Mm. I have male listeners too. And I have non-binary listeners. Oh, for sure. I mean... If you say anything wrong, they they will come for you. But nope. no worries. No, I was I was more nervous because of the potential. Like you could ask me any questions in the world, and I will. We're getting. We've only been recording for like seven minutes. So. Perfect. Um, my first impression of you, honestly, was just how funny you were. Like I think that was like by far, and I think that's like probably arguably my favorite thing about you. At least, I mean, one of the things is just that like there is never. You know, unless we're both not in good moods or something, like when we are together, it is just absolute, like just humor and laughter mm-hmm. the entire time, which is great. And I think that, you know, instantly told me two things, A, that you were funny, which is a great trait and trait I look for in a partner and B, that you, you know, 
at least on the outside from the first time I met you, like had also lived on a not so serious side of life, mm. which is also an important trait that I look for because, you know, obviously life can get really heavy. And I'm someone that like, you know, I think it's important to keep things light when you, when you are supposed to keep things light. Some situations obviously require gravity, but like the monthly Deborah Gibson household summit. Yeah. We'll get to that later. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but you know, right. Like it's just, it was, it was a great, like, I just don't do well with super, super serious people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like right when we sat, you sat down, we just like started cracking jokes and. Do you want to tell everybody what we, what we talked about? the first time that we met on the bus oh yeah i think that was another big thing too was just like you know we got right into like deep conversation and you know you sort of like tried to i guess sway my feelings (laughs) i don't know how to say this without making it sound really bad no it is i mean it is it is not i'm obviously not mad that i did this but okay i need to explain (laughs) myself so about a year before our trip i had a friend who randomly texted me one day and said, hey, have you ever heard of the musical 36 Questions? 36? 35? 36? Do you remember? 34? Like 20 questions? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. Well, I I don't know. We're going to go with 36, but I don't remember if it's 36. So I listened to this musical, and it's about this couple that is... I, th- I think that they are heading toward divorce mm-hmm. and as, as a last minute, like I, I need to save our marriage. Right. The wife does this exercise with 36 questions and it's 36 questions to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And it is a science. I don't want to say science cause I know you have like an undergrad in biology, but it's like scientifically proven. My undergrad is actually in love. So amen. Sister. So it's, it's scientifically backed in this. Okay. So in this point. we have, these 36 questions that are supposedly able to make two perfect perfect strangers fall in love. Hmm. And it starts off with like, um, if you could have a dinner with any person dead or alive, who would it be with? And then by the end, you're talking about like your biggest fears and your biggest accomplishments. And hmm. then it ends with staring into each other's eyes for one minute, completely uninterrupted. And so... I listened to this musical. <laughs> I did some research about this. I am on a bus to Texas. It's a really long bus ride. I just sat down next to this cute looking ginger man, which I think we'd, it would be hilarious for us to get into a conversation about our physical types because that's one of the most hilarious no, things about our relationship. Lord. But I've always liked gingers. So I sit down next to this beautiful ginger man and I thought to myself, <laughs> this would be a perfect opportunity to try out the 36 questions and i think it worked yeah but i mean i think also more than that like you reflect (laughs) reflecting on it after the fact is that i think it's just like a it should just be like 36 questions to get to know someone or like or like to 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 deepen your relationship with someone because even if like things hadn't panned out which i'm obviously very glad they did um like they're just really good like even friends right like these are i feel like these are the type of conversations and questions that are missing Mm-hmm. Right, and some people. And then if some people like they don't want like right, it's not appropriate probably to be like you know. What if we did it on the podcast? Ooh, that'd be a good podcast episode. Should we? Point. We could do it right now. We could. You don't want to? Not really right now. Okay, stay tuned for part two with Ben. And I will say, so we did this on the first day we met, and then I think it was our first Valentine's Day that we had together, or our one year anniversary, mm-hmm. and we did it again. Mm-hmm. We were at Trempolo Hotel. One of our favorite spots. 
and we did it again. It was really interesting. So it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. It's about, it's about time. It's about time. I just more am in like a little bit of a goofy mood right now on this podcast. Yeah, you're a, right. It's a very like serious topic and I want to make sure that like we give it because I don't want to be like trying to answer a question like, Let's hey, what's do your... it like our four-year anniversary podcast episode. Not the podcast anniversary, our anniversary. Hmm. Should we? I think we should do it on Thanksgiving. My second question is, when did you know that you like liked me? Hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard like like since like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. No, probably since like second grade. Do you like me or do you like like me? Yeah, I know. I didn't. I, I don't know if our relationship is really legitimate though, because I didn't like like check a box on a on a past torn scrap of note paper. So I don't know if it passes the. That's right. The kid test. Because that's how we always used to do it. Like we would. You know, you would hear, try to hear from a friend if that person liked, liked you. And then the next stage of, you know, the playground relationship was to tear off a piece of your, you know, composition notebook, right? Do you want to be my, you know, whatever it is, bro- girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever friend, yes or no? Then you, then, wait, you, then you waited. Oh. Right? Because you, you had to deliver it through a friend and then the person got it. And like, you know what? I have an entire shoebox full of all the no's back at home. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Like, people that sent no's back to you? No. Well, I never even got, like, this is foreign concept to me. Nobody ever sent no, that, me that, a no. That makes me sound really sad. No, I, w- I wouldn't say, like... Or the no's that you wrote to girls and you never gave them back. Because they didn't true. deserve your time. That's true. That's true. Did you did you ever have a girlfriend through that? Because I never had a boyfriend. Okay. I mean, girlfriend's, like, a loose term. Well, I mean, yeah. We were, like, ten. I would say I had, like, like people I, like, like first in line to play tag against on the playground. Boys never chased me. They always chased the other girls. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we just sound really sad here. I had a lot of really beautiful friends in elementary school. Well, still. But I was kind of like the ugly duckling. Mm. And I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening to this. She's going to say, no, you're not. I was. I I was a little awkward. Mm -hmm. And then there was the acne phase. Oh, see, that was my biggest problem, too, is I had a ton of acne. Yes, we are both Accutane babies. I was going to say, then the... the great reset button (laughs) (laughs) but honestly the one that we're both so incredibly grateful for oh yeah i mean it it was i mean i get that like the drug itself you know has a lot of lot of problems like side effect wise right and you like literally have to get your liver tested and you gotta you know take pregnancy tests even if you literally have never had sex before right yep um but the actual drug itself i mean granted i got probably like actually third degree sunburn i don't know if that's actually possible but i got a very very bad sunburn like the worst I've ever gotten while I was on it, which was not fun. Um, but, but definitely in the up, past four years, I don't think I've ever seen you have a pimple. No, I mean not outside of just like some normal stuff. But I mean, I used to get like the like, like sub subcutaneous cystic craters. Oh, I mean, me too, man. We've, I mean, we've all had them. Yeah. So anyway, when did you like like me? <laughs> I mean, I think I think it was probably you know once we actually got to spend more time. Like I mean, we basically went like you know, March to probably June. And it just, it, it's really hard to like truly like know if you like, like someone. No, I knew. But like to truly know. No, I, I am telling you, we arrived in Texas and I was like, this man will be my boyfriend. Well, but there's a, there's a difference between that and like really truly like liking someone. Okay. Okay. I get it. We could talk about how quickly you said the L word, though. That was sooner than June. What's that, loser? Awesome. Okay. Let's talk about physical types. Oh, God. 
gosh. <laughs> this is a whole bag of worms here. Well, I just think it's hilarious. Ben, we're going to channel our inner love island. What is your type on paper? Like, I just really want someone like with a personality. <laughs> I don't have a type. I'm more about personality. I don't have a type. Proceeds to tell them their type. I, I love that show. I love that show. That show's great. Um... I don't know. It's it's really hard because... Because it seems so superficial. Well, not only that, but, like, you go in, you know, thinking that you have, you know, a type. But then, it like, as we've seen... I mean, you, you are you are better... Like, I don't really have a true type. Like, honestly. Okay, but... Okay. When you are in public and you notice an attractive girl, what does she usually look like? Honestly, the really thing that I only truly notice, notice is red hair. Red hair, I know. It's literally like, it's the only thing where I'm like, I, I actively like it, like in a sea of people, it catches my eye. Like you are an Ariel girly. Mm-hmm. You are a Ginny Weasley girly. Mm-hmm. Boyy. <laughs> Merida. Oh, Merida's the best princess out of all of them. Cheryl Blossom. Oh, yes, from Riverdale. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I have a type of... This is the funniest part. <laughs> MGK, Adam Lambert was my sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. I tend to be attracted to men that are a little bit more like gender boundary pushing, flamboyant, <laughs> and have a little nails painted, their ears pierced. And you, my friend, are a Midwestern golf grandpa. Oh, absolutely. And I love you for that. Yeah. And I bet you never thought you'd be dating a girl with tattoos. No. But, again, <laughs> it's not, like, you know, a deal breaker or something that I really even, like, you know. No, but I think, think about, about, like, you have talked about how you, like, you prefer long hair over short hair. You prefer red hair. You prefer no tattoos. When I when we met, my hair was, like, to my chin. Well, yeah. Right, but that's but that's the thing, right? Is like it doesn't, it literally doesn't, it doesn't matter. I know. I just think it's funny. Yeah, but honestly, like really, the only thing that I <laughs> that I truly love is red hair. So, next episode, y'all, I'm gonna have red hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been saying you've been saying that forever, and I, I think, know. like it doesn't. Not one of those things, right? Like where like you should get red hair or something. Well, I wouldn't do it for a man. That's true. I would do it because Ariana Grande once had red hair when she was on Victorious. That's true. And I did dye my hair with Kool Aid red. In middle oh, school. That... And I don't have any photo evidence. I think I destroyed it all at one point. Got it. But it did exist. Yeah. And it was weird. Did you think, when we first started dating, that our relationship was going to last long term? That's another good question. I think, I guess I'm I'm probably more of a person to, like, date for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, like, I definitely saw it last year. But I, I don't know if, I don't know if anybody really ever, like, gets into a relationship. is like, oh, yeah. Like, I know for a fact that this is going to be the person I marry. Because there's so, right, there's so many things, like... Take, for example, I think, the, I think the biggest hurdles, like, I knew, obviously, that I enjoyed being with you and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, we were compatible and everything like that. But, like, we still started dating in a time where, you know, we both had to graduate. Mm-hmm. Your family was here. My family was in Rochester. I had career plans of going to medical school. You have career plans of, you know, potentially doing something in, like, the church and music space. But even then, like, you didn't know if you wanted to do youth ministry or music ministry. And so, like, there's still a lot up in the air. Because um, it also would have been a tall ask to, you know, ask someone that you've been dating for eight to nine months to like move away from their family that they're very close to to a city potentially right like we could have gone anywhere you know and so that just there were a lot there's a lot up in the air um so i think as we showed right like once we kind of navigated all that then i think yeah Mm -hmm. i definitely saw dating you long term i think i mean i i would i would hope i would hope too yeah (laughs) 
I was going to say, I would, I would hope that, that most folks, you know, go in, at least, at least when they're, like, going to actually try to, like, engage in a relationship like that. I understand, too, like, the, you know, it's totally, I mean, definitely, like, date to date, right? Like, that's super important because you get to know, you know, what you're looking for and who you like, right? And, like, it gives you a chance to kind of, like, test the waters. But, um, but like, if I'm going to, like, actually try to, like, date you long term, then I'm going to want to be invested in it, obviously. But I think that was the biggest, like, that was my biggest, like, question mark slash kind of just first hurdle to jump over would be, like, what are, how are the two of, I mean, even look at, right, we both started in different things, and I graduated and didn't really know what to do, right? So, like, we, mm-hmm. we both had kind of to navigate this personally, and then that just, sometimes you will navigate away from each other, and that's okay. Let's talk about your journey post-undergrad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well. No, I. That's nah, okay. I just I'm I'm just chuckling because now that I'm more or less through at least the initial phase of of post undergrad, it just you know it was a tumultuous time. And I think like I would love to write a book someday on like just transitions in general and how hard they are. Because working in this mm-hmm. field too, I now see the transition from people entering the workforce, like sort of young you know folks and families and stuff that are just trying to find their way doing that right buying houses having kids getting married starting their first job changing jobs like right, all these things mm-hmm. but i also right through you know michael and freeman for pod listeners that's the owners owner owners of the firm that i work for they work with a lot of like retirees and people up there right and like michael's literally writing a book right now about retiring medical professionals and freeman has also written a book for you know retirees and stuff right so like they are very well educated on that and like just getting the chance to talk to a lot of them you just kind of glean that like retiring is also hard right and so like basically any transition period i mean, I remember how hard it was to adjust to going to college mm-hmm. being away from family i remember how hard it was to get to high school right like, that's always a big question are you ready for high school right and so i think i really struggled with the transition out of college because mm-hmm. it was just like i really had a good environment in college and like i got to you know play soccer still and i was surrounded by a group of you know academics and friends and like i love you were an ra i was an ra so i you know was i'm I'm definitely kind of more on the the extroverted community side and so like that was really big and like you know you have all your meals cooked for you right and like you just (laughs) more or less have to like chuck your laundry in downstairs and don't only have that much space to clean in your apartment and then like all of a sudden it's like okay i graduated i no longer have school to keep me busy i no longer have soccer to keep me busy don't really like all my friends moved away (laughs) you're not like just naturally surrounded by people being on campus and now you have to like pay rent and do all these things Mm -hmm. and that's like what everybody experiences and right there was no shock that that was coming i think it was just it wasn't even like the right the paying rent and like all the bills and all like the adulty adulty things right going to work stuff like that like that all takes care of itself it's more i think the intangibles of like how do you you know make friends as an adult when they're not like one room down from you (laughs) on right on a on a dorm floor an apartment floor right like how do you how do you make friends when you can't just like walk across campus and be like, oh, you know, hey, whoever, do you want to go out and grab dinner tomorrow night, right? Or like, you know, all these things that are just so naturally built into college. Um, I can't just like turn to my classmate in the in the <laughs> seat next to me at my, you know, whatever, third hour class and be like, oh, hey, you want to like catch up and go, you know, play a game of tennis after class or something or whatever it is. I think we're also uh, forgetting about the fact that you graduated during COVID. Oh, for sure. I watched him walk across the the screen <laughs> over yeah. over Zoom graduation. Oh, so weird in your clo- in your bedroom closet. <laughs> yep, that's, that's where I was filming from. Um, but I think we're forgetting about like the year in between when you graduated from undergrad and when I graduated from undergrad mm-hmm. because 
you had decided to get your MBA. Mm -hmm. You had taken a job on campus mm -hmm. and was also working as a pharmacy tech. Mm -hmm. That was the most fun ever. No comment. <laughs> and then when I graduated from my undergrad, then we moved in together. Yep. Which, oh no. <laughs> what would you say to any young couples that are considering moving in together before marriage? My blanket advice is to do what is best for you in the moment. I think that's, I would say, you know, whatever is the, the best next step for you, make that next step. So if that's moving in with someone, if that's living by yourself, if that's moving back home with your family, I knew lots of people that moved back home with their family to work and save a bunch of money. And that's awesome because then you write, you get a little bit ahead and like your bank account goes from zero as a college student to write whatever it is. Um, I had some people live alone because like they were like, hey, like I honestly, like looking back, would have done really well having like more time to myself in, in, in a sense that like it had nothing to do with our relationship or anything like that. That was great. But like, I am realizing that so much of my transition was that I was constantly around people mm. as a college student. And like, at some point as a human being, we have to like figure out what it means to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, I would say, yeah, I mean, obviously like you can take in the pros and cons lessons learned from the people around you. I think that's important to like lean on people's experiences, but at the end of the day, like nobody knows what's best for you besides you. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes sadly, you have to live and learn <laughs> and like mm -hmm. you will never you will never be able to say i know the 100 percent that the best decision is to live by myself mm -hmm. because you might live by yourself and you'd be miserable because you have nobody around you the best decision might not be to move back home with your family because then you know you're with your family full time right <laughs> and that's an adjustment um so i would just say i think honestly with any decision what career you want to go into right i mean if you're in year four and you feel like you need to change majors then change majors mm -hmm. right like if you feel like you need to live with your partner then do it Right. If you feel like you don't need to live with your partner, then don't do it. Right. Like definitely um, we have a we have a wonderful habit as humans of, of loving to give our opinion on everybody else's things. <laughs> and it gets you can get very lost in the weeds if you take all those opinions. So um, I think it's important, though, to be respectful of people's opinions. Um, that was something that, you know, was very apparent to and like just any decisions I made. Right. Like even a simple decision of like deciding what career path to go down to, even though that only really affects me at the time, mm -hmm. like it's still right. Like, you know, your family's still invested in your development as a human, your friends are right. So it's like, I think it's important to be respectful. Um, but you definitely right. Like you, you are your own person mm -hmm. and you make your own decisions. Well, and if they are being respectful to you, then, or if you're being respectful of their opinions, they should also be respectful of the decisions that you make. Oh, absolutely. I do think that while I know that our first year of living together, we learned a lot about each other <laughs> yeah definitely an adjustment for sure we grew a ton it was hard <laughs> but i'm grateful that we did that that we chose to move in together because i think it propelled our relationship forward in ways that it probably wouldn't have until maybe years down the line oh absolutely and i think you know i think a huge part of it too is just more like neither of us had any friends <laughs> staying in the cross, right? So like, mm -hmm. I, I honestly genuinely don't know who I would have roomed with. I probably would have ended up living by myself, which maybe would have been okay for a time. But like, mm -hmm. you know, the two of us honestly would have ended up spending most of the time together anyways, as mm -hmm. most couples do or friends do or right, whatever it is. So I mean, there's a very number and everybody knows, obviously, listening to this, that like rent is not cheap. <laughs> yeah. And especially like studio rent by yourself. Um, so I think there was, there were a number of reasons. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree that 
you know, we definitely learned a lot about each other, but on the, on the same hand, like for some people, it's, it's not best to live mm-hmm. with each other and that's absolutely fine too. Right. Um, that's why, you know, I think I will just always come back to like the, you know, you got to do what's best for you and there's no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. So you had a goal of going to med school. Hmm. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My undergrad is in biology. Um, pretty much since high school, it was like, oh, I want to, you know, go to some type of healthcare, science professional school, even if that was like like a, you know, doctorate program or something somewhere, um, or even just graduate school. But yeah, I settled on medical school. Um, I really liked sciences. I enjoyed the, the life sciences, the health sciences, stuff like that. And so I just, I also knew I really liked to learn. And so I wanted to go to more school. You know, I thought it'd be fun to go somewhere else, right? Explore a new city, get on a big campus, um, continue to study. But then what is never possible to understand until you're in it is just how rigorous everything is and like how much time it takes up. And mm-hmm. it definitely like my advice to anybody that wants to become a healthcare professional is you have to, you have to love it. Yeah. Like you can't like it. You can't enjoy it. You can't think it's fun. Like you have to love it. Mm-hmm. And right. We have, you know, a friend that's in residency right now or in his last year of med school. Um, we have other friends that are, you know, in the healthcare field. Right. And like Michael works pretty much exclusively with medical, medical professionals here. And like, we have had many, 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 many conversations with these folks. Like you have to love it mm-hmm. because what people like fail to realize is that like your undergrad is very difficult and there are many, many times where like on a Friday night while your friends are out, you're studying for an exam on Monday mm-hmm. on Sunday night when your friends are playing, you know, spike ball in the courtyard, you're studying, right. Or like whatever, Nobody whatever it plays is. Spike ball. No, we, you know, no, you play spike ball. No, no sport, no ball. Fair. For me. That's fair. So when did you realize that you did not love it? I think, I think it was probably closer to like, my final year of undergrad when I think I was very worn out. And I think the telling sign for me is like, if you are, if you are exhausted doing something or worn out doing something, but it's like a very content, satisfied worn out. We've all had that, mm-hmm. right? Where like, you're just on, you know, you're at a week long camp or something and you're exhausted, but you're like, this is so fulfilling still, mm-hmm. right? You're tired, but you're like coming. mission trips. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But like on like a longer scale, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're tired, but your cup is still full emotionally and spiritually, mm-hmm. right? It's very, it's, 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 you know, relatively straightforward to feel that feeling for me. I was feeling like I was tired physically and mentally, but I was also like, I have no, I have no drive in this arena to like pick myself back up and continue running the rats race. Mm-hmm. There are times, right? Like, whereas like, you know, playing soccer, playing sports, even some of these other things, like it was like, all right, I'm knocked down, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted, but like, I'm going to just write as many people do and everything, you know, pick yourself back up and continue marching forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like, I really thought hard of it, you know, hard on it. And it was like, you know, I just don't think I have enough of a drive to go through it. So I actually ended up still applying. I went through the process, everything like that. Um, spent all the money, all the money uh, that, was, <laughs> that was involved in the process. And like, it was definitely eye-opening. And honestly, it was probably when I wrote my personal statement um, for my medical school application. So you have to write this big personal statement, which is basically like a, like a creed of like, why, why do you, you know, Ben, or in this case, why do I, Ben Gibson, want to become a doctor, right? And you're really supposed to just like kind of tell your life story, right, as efficiently as you can. And like, I was just, you know, writing that and I was like, I think I kind of want to go to medical school because it was like, you know, it was a lot based on like achievement and like mm-hmm. the next thing to do and like stuff that wasn't the right reason. Mm-hmm. Cause they really do mean it. Like you can't go for the money. You can't go for the status. Like you have to go because you love it mm-hmm. because it is, let me tell you, 
it is intense. <laughs> and even just the application process alone. I was like having secondhand anxiety just like oh, absolutely. being with you during all of this because it yeah. was so overwhelming. Yeah. And something that people may not know just from like a not med school life is that like one application for one school is not the same as another application for oh, another school. So not. you're doing essays upon essays upon essays. Right. And then you just literally have to wait. I mean, it's like college. It's like getting accepted into college, but on like a much more yeah, rigorous no, scale. Absolutely. So you got accepted. We toured. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I totally forget about that. Yeah. We um, went to Chicago to tour Loyola. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that weekend in my mind is like so it's so sweet because it was really the first time that the two of us had done something like that with each other without our families because a a, it was still pandemic time and so it was like our first little getaway we rented an airbnb we brought our like most professional clothes we scheduled some apartment tours we tried to look at the school but it was shut down because covid so that was kind of weird Mm -hmm. But, like, for two or three days to ourselves, we were just thinking, like, oh, no, this is not what I want for my future. And I was trying to be supportive, like, well, if this is what Ben wants, then I'll I'll like it, too. And I think you were thinking, like, well, I, this is what I've wanted. I should want it. Mm-hmm. And one of the nights we got back to our Airbnb and we looked at each other and we were just like, I do not want to live here. No, we were in the Goodwill parking lot. <laughs> we were- <laughs> Well, yeah, because you know, like, you know what it was is it was like, you know, we went out and like finally after we toured and stuff and checked out a couple, I mean, remember we went and toured those apartments <laughs> and it was like, you know, $2 million a month for like a hundred feet of square space. I'm like, this couldn't even fit a cat. Yeah. Which isn't going to fly. That's not never going to fly. Right. Actually, they don't think they allowed cats, which was even <coughs> you know, looking back would have been disastrous. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the cats in a second. But yeah, I mean, I think, and then I think, right, we did all the fun things we love to do. We went thrifting, we went and went out to eat and we went for a walk and like all these fun things. And like, I think I sat down and it was like one of the first times really, well, really since, because I guess my application process would have been after I had graduated from my undergrad. So it was my graduate year, which was already a lot slower of a year just because I was no longer in the sciences. And so mm-hmm. I think it was like, I was just reminded of like all the things that I had gotten or that, you know, gotten to do with you Mm -hmm. um, now that like, or with just everybody too, right? Like my family and stuff. And like, I didn't get to do those things. Nobody does when you're in the undergrad like that or in med Mm -hmm. school, whatever it is. And so I think it was just really taking a pause, like in that Goodwill parking lot, as cheesy as that sounds being like, you know what? Like, I don't want to go back to a time where all that is not possible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's where, like, that's just where, like, if you really, really love med school, none of that matters. And that's the thing. I did really, really want to, like, be able to learn that, hopefully make an impact on people's lives, you know, collaborate with other really, you know, studious, great people in the medical field. But you have to, like, you truly have to love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to give some context on that, too, is, like, my undergrad chemistry course had 60 or so people in it, all with like a pre-health focus. Mm-hmm. I think five or less people that I graduated with actually went on to some type of like dental school, oh, wow. med school, PA school, um, which is obviously a tiny number. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's f- so all of the rest of you are doing other professional things. Yeah. Some, some stayed in the similar sciences. So like maybe like a psychology or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Someone undergraduate school, but like the number that actually stayed in the health science focus is significantly low. Wow. Um, so it just, it just goes to show. And I even have, you know, 
friends and stuff that are in the health track right now that are just right. Like it, it, it does, even if you love it, it's still, I mean, it still makes you question, right? And like, that's why sadly our medical professionals have some of the lowest rates of job satisfaction and like mental health well-being while they're in the mm-hmm. role. And like, that's a conversation for a whole nother day about ways they need to, to take care of the people that take care of all of us, right? Um, and also, I think we've talked about this, but neither of us are, and I don't mean this in a toxic way, but neither of us are independent enough in our relationship to probably withstand that eight to 10 years of, of schooling that you were going to have to do. Well, absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, again, I don't want it to come off in a toxic way, but we definitely struggle as a couple when we've spent less quality time together. And whenever we do get to spend quality time together, we're like, wow, we really should do that more often. I just, I cannot imagine what it would have been like if you had gone to med school. I would have been like a little lonely housewife. (laughs) Without any cats. Cooking my casseroles. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think it, I mean, for any relationship, I mean, you can still be independent. Yes. And want to just, you know, spend time with your partner as most people that are in a relationship hopefully want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's why a lot of, like, med students... I mean, there are med students that are married and have kids. And obviously, right, you can make it work, but... Um, well, it's why on Grey's Anatomy, they all just are with each other. Because that's all it's people easier. they see. Yeah, right, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Because Grey's Anatomy is real life. Oh, yeah, it's completely factual don't it's actually a reality tv show they just forgot to say that don't fact check us on that one so you found yourself in the world of finance which is a blessing and a curse for me as your life partner (laughs) definitely blessing curse as in it's annoying but only because it's a blessing (laughs) (laughs) so how how did you you know what actually i want you to share the story of how you found lacrosse financial planning because i think it's cute and also god yeah, no, that was another uh, God moment for sure. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny story. So I was basically, after I graduated my undergrad, I basically decided like... A no, week, after your master's. After I, yeah, sorry, after I graduated my master's, that was like a week later, went on a trip to Grand Canyon with my family, <laughs> did some reflection there while I was down there, and then I got back, and that was pretty much my deadline for when I had to tell Loyola, and I told them no, and then what ensued was a year of trying to figure out what do I do next. Mm-hmm. So I had my undergrad in biology and sciences. I had a degree in business as well. And my interests were literally just completely random. I wanted to be like a marine biologist. I wanted to like <laughs> be a professor. I wanted chess, to be a chess. chess I, would have, I would have loved to have been a chess grandmaster. That would have been awesome. Um, that would have required a lot of study and probably no income from that for a while the podcast is making um, banks yeah that's we didn't didn't have the podcast at the time you're right (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so i just i just basically went on this like you know discovery journey Mm -hmm. um and what i did to fund that discovery journey was to trade stocks Mm -hmm. which is super random got a lot of weird questions about that it was weird for me um but it was one of those things where i could do for a short period of day and it gave me time to you know talk to people and go out and research but then also to just like exist as a human for a while because mm-hmm. that was also super important to like you know because my identity had pretty much been like study science and learn about you know the mitochondria for the thousandth time and all these different so things fun. i love the mitochondria it's the powerhouse of the cell you're excellent thank you another podcast <laughs> episode we'll have to share zoe's experience taking biology yourself no <laughs> i i know i still have nightmares about it no we can we can, we can no. have an episode on it. I, 
Viterbo University, if you're listening to this, I am sorry, but I did not take biology alone. I took biology my senior year with the help of my biology major boyfriend and my tutor, Jesse Benson. Shout out to the Bensons. (laughs) And I don't mean that in like I cheated, but like there was a lot of moral support going on. There was a lot of academic support. Absolutely. I could not have done that alone. So. No, you had a good, the the Bensons are brilliant. They are. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, so you, you took a year. Yeah. So then at at the end of that year, it was basically like, okay, I think I want to do something in business. Um, I settled on like personal finance because, and this is what has actually held true, is I, I found it very similar to like the healthcare field, as in like, si- similar as in, it is by far not as like academically demanding as rigorous time-wise, right, or anything like that. I just mean similar as in, you know, you still get to like hold meetings, right, with, with folks, um, like you would appointments. With, appointments. Right, and you still get to, you know, there's still a lot to learn, there's like education to do, designations to get stuff like that so there is an education component built into it um but then most importantly like you get to hopefully help people on a very you know important aspect of their life which is money mm-hmm. right like i mean money is pretty much an influence for everything in our lives right like you know why we go to work what jobs we work right like you know what we get to spend our money on the size of the place we live in if we rent or if we buy right like all these different things that like are influenced um, by money and it also sadly is one of those things that like causes some of the most anxiety in the world mm-hmm. also it's like a major reason why relationships fail right it's like all these different things that um you know that that money is a, has a hand in it was one of those things where i was like okay this could be another you know great way to hopefully like positively um you know develop relationships with the people and be an impact on on people's lives so um so i settled on that but the next obviously hurdle was like I didn't have any experience in personal financial planning. Um, Except for being really good at money yourself. Yeah, but it doesn't really... I don't care. Credentials. Say, look at my own bank account. I'm great. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know if that, that's how it works. <laughs> it's how it should work. Like, you're a good cat mom, but I don't know if you could be a vet. I don't know. Let's call Doug. Anyway, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's a good question. This is how we actually talk to each other, so... It is. Oh, yeah. I'm actually surprised that we're on as on topic as we are. I know. We are very tangential people. Um, I've yeah. actually said like mostly correct things. Like most of the vocabulary that I've used has been like actually correct. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it has been geologically correct. All right. That's enough. That's, that's enough, Benjamin. Um, but yeah, so then like, you know, I think that was like March-ish of what would that be 2022 mm-hmm. um i started kind of just doing some more research and talking to people and like i started doing a couple interviews places and then um actually put in a request on this online service called smart asset um it's built by like it's just a, a financial technology um is that like a play on being a smart ass yes oh definitely i mean i would assume so smart asset smart ass i don't know either, i love it I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out Either way, so it's, it's like this basically like match.com for connecting people with financial advisors. Mm. So I put one on just to like see who was a financial advisor in the area, maybe get some more contacts and stuff. And like it was just this complete throwaway thing. I put it in there one day. I was actually standing in Jules um, when I did that. Um, but then like I'm still at Jules and like half an hour later I get this like random number calling me. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? So I pick it up. I'm like, you know, hi, this is Ben. As I always, you know, answer the phone. I don't know who it is. And. Um, 
the guy on the other end of the phone goes like, hi, I'm, you know, Michael Swartz, who's now my coworker. Michael. Or, or, you know, boss, super, or whatever it is, um, owner of the firm. And he's he, your boss. He's he, like, he would not appreciate if we did not. No, but he, always, he, he never, he never, and if he listens to this, he knows. Like, Master he, Michael. He never, he never, uh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> um, he never uh, says, you know, like, you know, he doesn't like what I call okay, him boss. Okay. Um, but anyways. Uh, he calls me. He's like, "Hey, Michael Swartz from Lacrosse Financial Planning. I saw you put in a uh, request for in Smart Assets for a financial advisor. Like, you know, are you looking for one? Can I help set up a meeting? You know, with you? Like, what are your questions and stuff?" And I was like, "Well, I have no money because I just graduated <laughs> college, um, and I haven't, you know, obviously been working these past couple months. I mean, I had an income and stuff, but like, not anything crazy." And so then I was like, "But I am looking for a job." And he was like, "Oh." Well, we're looking to hire. Um, so it was literally this just like complete chance, right? Like that that smart asset lead could have gone out to any advisor in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of them. Um, and so, yeah, when, when he called me, I was like, okay. So we set up a like pseudo interview at Java Vino. And the next week, I think I went and met with him and we just chatted. And he told me all about what he does and his story and like cross financial planning. And I shared mine and I literally straight up asked him, like, I don't have any actual experience in financial planning. And he asked me some questions related to financial planning that I, some I knew, some I didn't just even based on my own like research with the stock market and stuff. And it was just evident that like, it'd be a good fit with my skill set as an individual mm-hmm. because everybody has their skill set that they fall in line with, right. In the professional world. And it just, I think because it has so many similarities to, you know, the healthcare field, as far as like, right. Interviewing people, as far as like, you know, like a doctor would interview a patient, you have to interview your prospects and clients and stuff in this field. Um, the education piece, right, you have to be willing to learn and also like go, go and do your own research, right? But then coupled with like the um, kind of like back end admin operations work, um, stuff like that. So yeah, we, we met and then I met Freeman, the other owner of the firm. Um, and we had a meeting with just the three of us. And then a week later I had a job offer. And then a week later after that, probably middle of May then at that point I was in this office. So it was a, it was a wild journey, but again, completely happenstance. Mm-hmm. And just for anybody that's listening that is thinking about, you know, seeking out financial advice, like <laughs> you, you now don't just like not have any experience with financial planning. Oh yeah. You Absolutely. have, you have been <laughs> yes. studying, learning, testing, you're well on your way to becoming a CFP nice. certified financial planner that I always call CPF. <laughs> certified financial, oh wait no, certified planner, <laughs> certified planner financial. This is where the interview goes off the rails. Yes. That's right. So I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Whenever the word, the B word comes up, the B word budget. Oh, budget, oh no. That's when my heart rate increases. That's the thing, it's scary. It's scary. It is scary, like, and that's, like you are not alone and like that is, completely valid and and every conversation between us that ends in tears on my part is usually because it's about money oh absolutely it's horrible to talk about it is so i know you said that you can't give out financial advice which i'm assuming is because no one's paying you well no it's more from like a like uh i could like i could say like here you should invest your money like this oh okay. and then okay. somebody listening to this would be like ben gibson on hello good humans told me to invest my money like this and i lost it all i'm gonna sue him oh okay and they probably sue me as well well so i can't i can't like give out like you can't say you should invest in apple exactly but can you give like three tips specifically to 
young adults that are kind of in the same shoes as us, like maybe like newly married or or hoping to get married mm-hmm. or single, you know, just young adults that are wondering what the heck is going on mm-hmm. in the money world. What are three little tippies you may have? I think the I think the first one to literally just budget. Not the B word. No, I know it's and that's <laughs> and that's the thing is like I think the the hardest part in my opinion about money is that there are so many there's there's usually one one stream of income in right your paycheck <laughs> but there are hundreds and hundreds of streams out mm-hmm. and it gets extremely overwhelming when you right have rent and utilities and gas and groceries and you know going out to eat and buying gifts right and like it just it sometimes seems like I'm swiping my card every day putting my card in online every day right like some type of money is flowing out mm-hmm. and so I think where people really get themselves in trouble is that they Right. They know more or less what they make. Okay. I make, you know, $2,000 every paycheck. I get paid twice a month. So I make 4,000 twice a month. But what then they don't really have a firm number on is like how much is coming out mm-hmm. because it's more or less like, like that, you know, just the same way that like a baseball player needs to track how many times he, you know, hits a single or a home run or how many times they strike out, right? Whatever it is, you need to, like, you need to keep scoring your own financials. I um, mean, that all starts with a budget. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you like, as soon as you start the budget, it also removes so much of like the anxiety around money, because you know, okay, I have exactly, or I you know budgeted fifteen hundred dollars this month for like fun spending money, right? Then you just simply you don't have to check every day, right? But you check maybe once a week or you know halfway through the month or every time you get paid, and you say, okay, I tally it up. Rough numbers look like, oh wow, it's you know. August 15th and I've already spent a thousand dollars in my, in my, you know, fun money spending category. Okay. I'm going to have to be a little bit more intentional the second half of the month. Or on the flip side, this also happens is like you get to the end of the month and like it just wasn't that busy of a month. And then, and then you also give yourself the freedom on the flip side to be like, Oh, I budgeted for $1,500. So I'm going to spend $1,500. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can go, you know, buy yourself the new right thing at wherever you want to buy it at, right? Or Nike. You, can, you know, yeah, Nike. Or <laughs> you can maybe take a little mini vacation with your friend, right? Or your partner or something. And so I think um, it also just really helps to know, like, how much is actually coming out every month, regardless of what I do, right? Because, you know, car payment and car insurance, rent or mortgage, right? Then you have, you know, your utilities and you have gas, which is not technically fixed, but it, you you do have to spend it every month. Mm-hmm. Groceries, right? Same thing. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. And, yeah. You know, uh I was just about to say internet. That is Wi-Fi. Um, like streaming. Streaming. Yeah, that was... Any subscriptions. Any subscription, right? Um, because then you also, you know, that takes up a portion, right? If that's 30%, half, you know, 50%, whatever it is. But then you also sometimes have like the, oh, crap, I have, you know, Oktoberfest at the end of the month. That's going to be a big, you know, expensive weekend, right? Or, oh, I have this vacation with... So it's like, mm-hmm. as soon as you start to assign numbers... It then helps you because you also right have to be thinking about saving for retirement and saving for an emergency fund, right? And like all these different things. Um, I think something that I really struggle with, and this is like me telling you this as my partner, kind of forgetting that we're on we're recording a podcast right now. I think that, and I'm and I'm not trying to say that like we have it harder budgeting now than like our parents did or our grandparents did or whatever. But I think because of social media, like material stuff is so glamorized and experiences are so glamorized and vacations are glamorized and all this stuff that it's like, I, the the thing that I run into trouble with is like, let's say that I budget $150 of spending money each week. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which you do the math for me, whatever that adds up to, uh, about $600 a month, $600, whatever, if how many weeks there are. Mm-hmm. But let's say that um, I've already spent my $150 for the week, and then Friday night my friend says, hey, do you want to go to this thing that costs money with me? Yeah. I have a really hard time saying like, no, it's not in my budget or like, no, I can't afford it. When looking at my account as a whole, I, it looks like I can afford it because mm-hmm. I have the money for it, but on my budget sheet, I don't. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like a loser when I say no, that's like, that's hard. Oh, it is. And I mean, and obviously that's like a total first world problem. So I'm, I'm, I feel stupid even saying that, but it's like, you see on Instagram that so-and-so goes to this concert. <laughs> yeah. And then I get invited to the concert, but I can't go because it's not my budget. And I think that's just like a, a personal thing is that I I guess I have like experiential FOMO. Oh, absolutely. Not necessarily like my friends are doing stuff without me, but like the world is doing stuff without me. Mm-hmm. Because I have to do the B word. Mm-hmm. No, but, that's a, and that's, butthole. And that's a real And that's a real thing is like, I think... And again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because they're, you know, this will be like my one plug and my one disclaimer only. <laughs> like if you are ever feeling overwhelmed, whether that's somebody in lacrosse, somebody over Zoom, like find someone that you trust that you can talk to because there are even just the same way that when you go to the doctor, there's a whole world of information that you don't even know. It's the same in finances. It's the same when I talk to Zoe about, you know, religion or something like every single person that does their job has an entire library of knowledge that the average human doesn't know um and so if you are ever 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 feeling overwhelmed most financial planners advisors especially in the area will offer like free meetings initially um and you can always just like do your homework and find someone you trust Mm -hmm. um i'm a big believer in like it really does help take a lot of the weight off um and i'm a little biased but i think it's you know worth whatever you pay them you hopefully get multiples back um that's my only shameless plug um so i know i said three things but I think that one was really great. Do you have two other tips or can I ask a question? I would say my only two other tips is to to think about your money before it makes you think for it. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. a lot of times with budgeting, with investing, with whatever it is, it's not a problem until it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing with insurance, right? Like, Or it's oh, not even on your mind until it's a problem. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, life insurance is a great example. Like nobody wants to buy life insurance for themselves. But we have had clients and we've had contacts and folks that like their partner dies without any life insurance. Now their life is dramatically different. Same thing with disability insurance, right? Same thing with like, you know, if you, if you don't save into a retirement account right now and you have no retirement savings when you get to retirement, like social security might not be around. A, we have no idea. It's complete. As far as I'm concerned right now, up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is around, great. But living off of just Social Security also probably, right, you are not left with much live off as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's a whole, that's a whole other podcast episode on just our, how we take care of our, our older folks. Um, you should start a podcast. Maybe someday. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use my sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. That was a, that was a good shameless plug. <laughs> Spotify for Podcasters, I love you. But yeah, but I mean, anyways, right, the same thing with budgeting. Like, if you, right, if you don't budget... And you just kind of live, right? The one, the moment that your car breaks and you need to spend three grand, but you don't have three grand because you didn't, you never built up your emergency fund, then your money will require you, right, to, to think for it. And you now have to say, crap, 
what am I going to do? And that's honestly why people like they, it's so easy to get behind. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to get behind. Um, so that would just be my, my encouragement, right? Think about things sooner rather than later. Um, and again, just like if you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. Um, if you are somebody who is already behind, what, what do you recommend doing? Talk to someone. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like seriously. Okay. Um, it's the same way that like, right. Like it's so much easier if you're behind on anything in life to talk to someone that can help you get farther ahead. I think the reason I ask is because there's a, there's a, um, not stereotype connotation maybe, mm-hmm. or this assumption that financial planners are only for people that have a lot of money. Oh, absolutely. So like, can someone come to you with no money and still work with you? Absolutely. Yes. One like that answer is unequivocally. Yes. Um, it is the reason why that's that, that stereotype is a true, mm-hmm. um, in our industry because our industry has a lot of, as any industry does good apples and bad apples. Um, it's just for most, you know, for many financial planners, right. They, they just have a minimum, mm-hmm. um, which isn't right. Which is, I also get because like, if you're a planner that can only take on 50 clients, like you also right when your income is tied to your clients that you have, right. You're not like a doctor where you get paid a salary from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You have to take on clients that will pay you money in order to make an income. Like I get that. Um, but it also then leaves this huge, like probably the biggest issue is that the majority of people don't have, you know, $500,000 in a, in a retirement account or in their, I account. sure do. You're close. You're close. Not right. Not sorry. You, you aren't close, <laughs> <laughs> but right. But then there's also loads of people that like need help that don't have access to it. And so, um, I think, I think the reason why my answer is to talk to someone is because if you are, if you are already behind the eight ball, it's likely because you just don't have a big enough toolbox mm. to get in front of the eight ball. Um, and that's where, you know, a lot of times you just need, you just need to get more help and more information. And so there are a lot of planners that will like undergo some type of like shortened engagement to just provide like the very fundamentals of finance. So like budgeting, saving versus investing, um, like even credit cards, right? Like how to, how to manage debt, how to, like what's good debt, what's bad debt, you know, all these different things. And so, um, but there are, I would also say there's, there's a ton of online resources. It's just the hardest part. And this is why a planner comes in really well is like the accountability piece, mm-hmm. right? As we both seen, even for myself, like I'm all saying this as someone that's imperfect in my own money, right? It's like sometimes I'll sit down and write my budget and like four, you know, four days in, it's already out the window. And I'm like, well, Jimmy John's is pretty close to your Oh my office. gosh. It's so, so is Qdoba. So it's, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of places downtown that are dangerous, but, um, but yeah, even that's, and that's something that's in the industry, right. That knows how important all these things are. And there are still times where I'm like, well, budgeted for a hundred dollars of gas money, but then I just drove six hours. So that's out the window. Right. And so mm-hmm. a budget is sort of like a, you know, workout plan or whatever, like any, anything that you put up, right. A, a new year's resolution, whatever it is, like you can write it down on paper and that's great. But at some point it becomes, you know, fire kindling. If you just, if you don't use it, right. It's meaningless. So I have to give a shameless plug to the book that I'm reading right now. Oh, yeah. Atomic Habits. Oh, that's a great book. And I started it because, and this probably will at some point be its own episode, is the the uh, topic of discipline, mm. which is my biggest downfall in life. If I were <laughs> to ask you, Ben, what is my biggest red flag? It'd probably be. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily a red flag. It might be a beige flag. Okay, I'll take it. I mean, you are colorblind, so that's, I don't know. That's true. Nothing's a red. Nothing. <laughs> nothing's a red flag for me. Brown flag. Brown flag. Yeah. Um, 
but it's just something that I really struggle with. And, and I'm hoping that reading this book will change something in my brain chemistry and not just be another like, Oh, that's a good idea. I wish I could keep up with that. But if anybody that's listening struggles with discipline or struggles with the idea of implementing new habits, it's incredible. And I've only been reading it for like two days and I can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, well, we're going to close this interview with a conversation about two babies that are very close to our, to our hearts. My cousins? Nope. Oh, your cousins? Nope. The two fur babies, Hippo and Miso. Have and, you talked about them on the pod yet? Um, I think Margie brought them up in our episode, but otherwise, no, I really have. No, uh, when I did my Q&A, your cousin actually said, how did you choose your cat's name? That's right. Yep. So when Ben and I met in 2020, he had never had a pet before. And I do not think, what? What did you have? I had the fish that oh, you're right. jumped, out, so jumped out of the bowl because I filled the water <laughs> too high. And then I stepped on it in the middle of the night barefooted while I was getting my midnight snack from downstairs. Okay, so, so. this is why I said you've never had a pet before. Because that's just trauma. It was literally one day. Um, Did you, did you think... I mean, I know you, you're you kind of an animal lover, but did you think in 2020 when we met that we would be owning two babies together? Yes. You did? Absolutely. See, when we met, I, I kind of was like, oh, I'm going to have to convince this man to get cats. Mm. You weren't as, as vocal about your love for animals as you are now. Yeah. No, but sure. they've changed our lives. I just don't know if for like the better or for the worse. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm just. They're perfect. They are perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. So we're going to play a little word association oh, game. Okay. I love this. So first is, is going to be hippo. Okay. Okay. If hippo was um, a Marvel superhero, which one would he be and why? <laughs> he would be, for all of you Marvel fans out there, he would be, he would be Thor, post Ragnarok Thor, where he's in that like seaside village and he's, you know, definitely let himself go a little bit and he kind of just like lays around and like stares at the tv and like consumes everything around him mm-hmm. because that truthfully is hippo. hippo like he 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 lays around he sleeps he gets and he eats and everything he eats in his sight literally ev- like when i say everything i mean so we have this dance that we do where i wake up and i make breakfast and it's just me out there right so he's still sleeping and stuff like that and so Make my breakfast, usually some eggs, you know, maybe some toast or oatmeal, whatever it is, you know, fruit or whatever. I don't know, whatever I eat, cereal. And he, wherever I am, will come and put his paws up on my leg, on my arm, and he will stare directly at my food Mm -hmm. from a millimeter away. And as soon as he feels bold enough, he just, you know, yeets out this paw as fast as he's a snatcher. He is. And he, you know, any of your cat (laughs) owners too will know what I'm talking, you know, right? Like just a paw out. He'll claw and he'll snag the food and then he'll put it in his mouth and he'll run away into the couch because he knows I can't and get it. And if you try to grab it, then he goes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. I think the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is when you were sitting in a chair uh-huh. in the middle of our kitchen. Correct. Like feet away from any surface that Hippo could possibly. Correct. Could possibly be on to reach you. And he was sitting on the table just like looking at you like, Dad, are you kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. Goodness. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Okay, what superhero would Miso be? In Marvel? Yeah. Oof. That one's hard. Is there a... <laughs> he would be like 
Ant-Man in his most shrunken version. Because then he could just hide, and he could just disappear, and he would never have to see anybody because that... Yeah, is there a superhero with crippling anxiety? Not that I know of. Um, Miso. Yeah, he's basically like... I mean, we have a prescription for him for Prozac, I think. Um, Oh, sweet angel. And he just, like... To give context, like, he, the only person in the world that he is comfortable around is Zoe. Mm-hmm. Even me, when I'm there, you know, just as much, he will not, he will not come near me. No. If I try to pet him or pick him up, he runs away. Um, anytime that he's with Zoe and I walk nearby, he gets his frantic, you know. I need to get out of here! Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. What, um, what flavor of ice cream would they be? Hippo would be, like, the fudge chunks or, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it is. We're just fat shaming our cat. Well, it's not... It's not that, but it's a universal thing as a cat owner, right? Like, all cats are just... They're little chunky like, monsters. They're just little chunky that's monsters, true. right? Like, that's just... Like, just the same way all dogs are good boys, right? All cats are... Chunky chunks. Are, trunk, are chunks, right? Like, it's literally where chunk oh, came from. It's cats. Right. Um, and so, I think he would be that. Miso would be, like... I'm thinking, like, espresso, mm-hmm. uh, cappuccino, Oreo. Something that would just, like... Like, like yeah. wired. He's yes. wired all the time. Yes. What, what would you say are their theme songs? I just thought of the cutest one for me, so... What's that? These boots are made for walking. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay, so I feel like <laughs> we... Maybe the day that this goes up, I'll post some photos on my Instagram, Hello Good Humans XO, mm-hmm. um, of the cat, so that viewers and listeners can get a picture. But Miso is like... Uh, we're convinced he's part Maine Coon. Mm-hmm. He's very fluffy. Mm-hmm. He has a very fluffy tail. But when he walks, he looks like he has these little, like, boots on mm-hmm. because his his paws are like fluffier than the rest of his leg kind of mm-hmm. he's so cute yeah so yeah he gets these boots or anxiety by selena gomez and julia michaels yep that one also a, re- a remix of or the re- two a remix yeah <laughs> i don't know for hippo maybe like the office office theme song <laughs> just because just because okay one more question okay if hippo and miso had different names what names would fit them? For Miso, it would probably be Terror. <laughs> His name, like, come here, Terror. Yeah. Hi, little Terror, baby. I don't know, Hippo? I think his name would be, like, Jason. <laughs> Just have, like, the most, like, bro name ever. I, I was going to say, I, I was thinking, like, something like Chad. <laughs> Chad. I love it. Terror and Chad. <laughs> Hippo and Miso. Terror and Chad. Here it is. Love it. Um, ben, it's been a pleasure. It's been good, and I feel like we haven't talked in a while, so. We literally had our annual monthly DeBoer Gibson Household Summit last night. And uh, for those of you that are in uh, young relationships, I would highly recommend having a annual monthly summit, which is Ben's idea. And it's just a, it's a time to bring your thoughts and thoughts and dreams to the table, so... We brought a couple things that um, were maybe bothering us about each other. Like, why can Ben not turn the lights off in the bathroom? I don't know. Why do I leave my hair on the shower wall every time I shower? I don't know. Because I suck. So we bring some, you know, some irritants. We um, brought some dreams. Like, we want to start meal prepping together, going on date nights every week. We did tonight. Went to the Root Note. Shout out. Um... We talked about the B word, budgeting, and we talked about future plans. I don't know. It was good. It was good. You know, it did end in tears because 
of the B word. Of the B word. <laughs> but up until then, it was great. And Hibo and Miso even got to, they had a space written in the agenda for their own thoughts, <laughs> <laughs> which were very, um, all that they were thinking about was dinner at that point. So they were not really that helpful, but <laughs> it was still a good, it was a good try. Okay, Ben, I need you to get out your Spotify and also stop squeaking the chair. Sorry. It's okay. There's going to be a lot of background noise in this episode. Um, please get out your Spotify and tell me what you've been listening to recently. It's been a mixture of country. Oh my gosh. Okay. Piano guys. We need specifics. We need some specifics oh, here. Okay. I really gotten into this band called the 502s. Okay. Which is country? It's like sort of like indie music okay like mountain music okay sort of yeah i've been really into like band like like uh like bands stuff. with real instruments not just computer made oh, correct yeah okay um like i've been listening to like uh mumford and sons mm -hmm. lumineers stuff like that um yeah kind of folky it's more george ezra uh-huh the song fell in love at the end of the world by george ezra is great doesn't it just remind you of us Sort of. Like, we were at the edge of the United States, and we fell in love. <laughs> Mr. Wives is on here. <laughs> Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Ellie Holcomb. She's okay. also good. Yeah, lots of lots of good. But yeah, kind of in that... Oh, Maisie Peters. I love Maisie Peters. Yeah, she's been, she's been pretty good, too, so... Did you... Have you listened to her new album, The Good Witch? Uh, I'm in the process of... It's so good. Yeah, I haven't actually listened to all of it yet, but... And, fun fact, before we close close... I introduced Ben to musicals. Oh, yeah, so that's on the list, too. There was a point in COVID time when we could pretty much sing the entire In the Heights soundtrack word for word. Oh, absolutely. It's a great soundtrack. Would you like to perform a little bit of... Mm. Um, the elevator train by my window doesn't scare me anymore. It's like this is where, like, the crippling anxiety starts to set in for myself. Oh, really? Like, you've been fine this whole time, but as soon as yeah. you have to sing? That would be horrible. Oh, okay. More just because you're podcast listeners ears would bleed okay how about this uh disclaimer we are over 21 we're 24 you and i go to karaoke at a bar we get a little tingly and then we perform that could work champagne that could work okay that could work shake on it all right ben you're a good human you're a good human and i love you love you too oh yes i have it caught for the whole world to hear and um, if you like this episode, please give it a like and a subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Follow my Instagram at HelloGoodHumansXO. And please reach out if you would ever like to be on the podcast. I just want to interview good people and hear their human stories. <laughs> Sorry, almost made it. Check Zoe out on SoundCloud. Okay. Not true. Bye. Bye.